You're listening to Stuart Pink. Stuart Pink. Stuart Pink. Stuart Pink. The wonderful Stuart Pink. On the Strictly Speaking podcast. Hello. Yes, indeed you are. And it's my honour to welcome to the show multi-instrumentalist, my favourite smashing pumpkin and queen of candles. It's Katie Cole. (laughs) What an introduction. Thank you for having me. Hello. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for coming in. Um, This this is a very special occasion um, because Southend City Radio is brand new. And not only are you our first international guest, uh, but I would wager you're probably our highest altitude interview I've ever done. Oh, there's something. I, yeah. Okay. All I saw the, your post yesterday. Are you at that high up in your hotel where you are? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. In not. I mean, not geographically high in altitude because, but I will be in a few days when we get to um, Salt Lake City. That's that's pretty high up. That's a that's a high elevation, actual elevation place. But Las Vegas, yeah. There's many stories in this uh, complex that I'm staying in, in very very sunny and hot Las Vegas. Um, and I'm not afraid of heights, but I definitely went out onto the balcony and was like, whoa, okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look down and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw your post on Instagram last night and I did get that kind of like butterfly feeling just watching it. I was like, oh, yeah. my God. Like, I'm not afraid, but may- maybe I've developed a fear of heights just now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it's it's great to be in Las Vegas. It's just it's so hot with the top of – let me look at it um, – a top of forty-four degrees Celsius here today. Wow, that's that's pretty warm. That is pretty warm. Yeah, it's it's like living in in an oven. Almost <laughs> as hot as it was on stage last night. I'm imagining. Oh yeah, it was the first show of the tour. It was incredibly hot, but ever like everyone was firing firing all engines. It was a really great show and great kickoff to the tour. Excellent. So glad to hear it. Um, so when we last spoke, it was run up to Christmas. Um, you had a gorgeous Christmas song out about taking time out and kind of sitting by the fire and chilling out over the festive season. Um, you're doing the exact opposite right now. Yes. Well, <laughs> I, I am very thankful for the experiences that I get. And when I do have time off or, ta- you know, I have the ability to take some time off to, you know, relax and be like a normal person, um, I definitely relish those moments and I'm quite happy to wear um tracksuit pants and just <laughs> you know over oversized jumpers and whatever. I don't care. But when I'm on the road it's like, you know, I'm I'm on you never know because you never know who you're gonna meet on the road. You never know what's gonna be expected of you. And sometimes like during one of our sound checks the other day, uh, it was one of our rehearsals. Um, there was like a film crew there for something else that was happening for the band. And I'm like, okay. But it's like, you you know, you want to make sure that like, you know, you've got your hair done and you've got some makeup yeah. on because so, you just you just don't know who's going to show up and who's going to be there when you're doing this sort of calibre um, uh, touring. I imagine, yeah, because I feel like I have days doing these interviews and stuff where I'm like, should probably do my hair, really. Um, it's, oh, your it's, hair looks you great. Know. Don't worry about it. Thank you. I mean, you can only <laughs> do what you can with this haircut, but it's, you know, we're getting through. We're getting through, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. You, so you're enjoying the tour so far. Smashing Pumpkins' new album, Atom, um, is is out. Loving that. Um, how's the new stuff going down to the it's live audience? It's great. And despite the spelling, it's pronounced Autumn, but it oh, okay. looks, like, looks like Atom um, and 
I think half the people say it like that. I remember I say, I remember saying it like that for a bit myself too, but <laughs> I so enjoyed working on um, that record. It was 33 songs of uh, crazy alternative rock opera, just, yeah. just going, I mean, the band just, when they want to do something different, they just... They just go as hard as they can in whatever direction they're choosing to go in. And I'm just happy that I was brought along for the ride to do um, some background vocal arrangements and doing that and working on my project at the same time. And I just put out a a new single and a new video. Um, I think it was last month I put the video out um, for Young and Stupid. And I'm just loving, I'm loving the responses that I've been getting um, for that too, just because it's such a big, it's a big deal for an artist like myself when I'm not, I'm not the Smashing Pumpkins. I'm also an independent artist. Yeah. But, you know, just it takes a lot for me to be able to put out music and to, you know, rally the fans to go watch something and listen to something. And I've had a really good response from um, the material that I've been putting out and I'm working on some new music. Not right now because I'm on the road, but I will be. I've, I do have, like, this microphone with me, so I'm going to have to demo some stuff as I go. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm excited to to get back into it as soon as I get back as well. Amazing. I, I totally annoy the fact you can do so much in one life to be doing your solo stuff and on tour with a, one of the world's biggest rock bands at the same time is incredible. Uh, the new EP you mentioned, Rivers and Roads, absolutely loving it. Um, it's so great and so different to the stuff you're doing with the Pumpkins. What was it like putting it together? Oh, I enjoyed it so much. It was a really long process because I did it via the crowdfunding site Kickstarter um, which basically rallies fans together to, you know, to basically pledge their commitment to the project and in, in return they get rewards, which is usually packages, whether it's CD or vinyl or T-shirts. or It's basically like pre-ordering your own special bundles of um, the material that I'm going to be creating. And yeah, um, it was it's a really long process, but it's very re- rewarding and it took a long time to sort of you know, demo, write the songs, rewrite the songs, do do pre-production. And in between, whenever I'm, you know, trying to put together my project, I'm still out there doing tours, you know, during the, the process of making the EP, I was still touring with the, the Smashing Pumpkins and working on their material and working on my material and, you know, doing other live shows that I do around Nashville as well. Um, at any given time, I mean, I definitely am a singer-songwriter, touring musician, juggler, you have to do <laughs> you have to be okay with pivoting and being able to change lanes and be okay with the lane that you're in but you know being creative i suppose you are able to create which means whatever you're working on is what you're creating so i mean i'm yeah do, doing all those things at once is is a lot to sort of take on but very happy that the ep is finally out and is circulating out there and it's definitely a combination of songs that are about um, the journey, I get, I, they really are. I mean, I hate to be that very stereotypical <laughs> yeah. singer-songwriter. It's about the journey, but it it's called Rivers and Roads because to me it's all about like how you get there, how you how you get to your destination, how you, you know, the battles you have to sort of go through to overcome, whether it's the obstacles of life or relationships or family or financial stuff. I just wanted to sort of tackle some of those uh, less spoken about sort of subjects and put them into songs and Young and Stupid was the last single from that and that's more about, um, you know, the struggle with being 
you know, adulting. (laughs) (laughs) Adulting. Yes, good word. Um, (laughs) You know, it's a hard, it's a hard sort of process that nobody kind of nobody lets you know that at some point in your life someone's just gonna start calling you an adult. And you kind of half associate with being like the young person that you were. And there's a definitely a uh a positivity that comes with them when you look back at your youth and you're like, well, you know, things were great then, but in the actuality they weren't. They were, you know, when you're younger, things are harder and you don't know what you want and you're struggling and no one's listening to you and, you know, your heart gets broken and then not broken and then you know you know what you want and then you don't know what you want and there's a lot of confusion. and Yeah. Um, so I sort of wanted to write a song that sort of captured some of that and, some of the um some of the essence of like I'm an I'm definitely an adult now, but like I, you know, you still have this love-hate relationship with the younger version of yourself that you are still grappling with today. And I don't know. That just that I just seemed it just seemed like an interesting idea for a song. You totally hit the nail on the head with it as well. And I because I, I feel like at no point does anyone kind of give you that manual or that guide. Like when you're a kid, you're like, yeah, when I'm grown up, I'll probably know what I should be doing. Um, but yeah. like, you don't, do you? And you're like, oh, right, okay, this is it then. I'm grown up now, right? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently. I mean, people keep saying that and I'm like, really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic no, it's, song. It's, it's, it's great. Um, and I'm so glad you called the EP a journey before I did because it genuinely is one of those where it takes you on so many different stories and twists and turns and stuff. Um so let's talk about some of the tracks. Um, Dreams of Mine is one of my favourite songs. Brilliantly captures that kind of constant chasing of dreams feeling we're all getting. And, uh, you know, I'm presenting a radio show. You are on tour with the Smashing Pumpkins. Amazing stuff. But I guess everyone is still always kind of chasing a dream. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like what I like about the essence of the lyric in that song is that I I didn't want to sort of sugarcoat the reality of the heartache that goes along with chasing a dream I mean most of the essence of that song is when I was chasing a dream when I was a bit younger because it seemed so far out of reach it seemed like you know I came from a pretty low-income family single parent family for the most part and I never thought in a million years I would end up where I am and what I'm doing and being an adult (laughs) I just thought I just thought these are these things that I love but you know part of me was like I want them and I want to follow them but I don't know how to and I'm never going to be good enough you know how does someone like me get to you know this destination so I sort of I definitely kept the emotional content of the song being being like it's hard like I didn't want to wrap it up that particular song in a pretty bow and be like, you know, these are dreams that I've got and everyone's going to, you'll get there. You know, I didn't want it to be that <laughs> sort of song. I have a lot of happy endings in a lot of my songs and lately I've just been sort of, you know, looking at what I've been writing and going, but what really happened? Like, how was it really? And being honest with yeah. myself and going, it's okay to admit that things were hard and that you didn't foresee a you know a future in this like no at no point in my life even when I was you know gigging in my early years 
you know, when I was whatever, 18 or 19, and I was, you know, I'd been doing it for a few years already, but I never thought this will lead any anywhere further than where I'm at right now. I never thought that because I don't know, maybe it's being Australian as well, and I'm sure that, you know, the the British and you probably can connect with that too, the whole sort of tall poppy syndrome <laughs> where, you know, yes. everyone you cut yourself back down to size, as do your friends, as do your family, and you don't want to get too full of yourself. Whereas, you know, as soon as I started traveling over to America and made sort of that first initial leap and I was like, oh, people actually oh, think you can yeah. have goals and like you, <laughs> you can be president and you can be this and like I just, I, yeah. I suppose I never grew up with that. It wasn't, it wasn't that people shut me down, and my mum was super supportive of everything that I did musically, but it was never like, you know, you were going to be the best you at this. Do anything ne- you want. Just, you just don't no. feel. I don't. It's just not part of the culture to be. I don't know. I think it's associated with ego, even though it's not. It's just, you know, it's just encouragement. But you know, she was always supportive and happy for me, and you know, a music lover herself and I wouldn't be who I am without her very heavy-handed influence in music. But, you know, I got to America and was like, oh, you can actually achieve these things. And once you actually start achieving goal after goal after goal and not realising that they were even goals until you look back and you're like, oh, I did want that, you know, I just never thought I could. Yeah. And w- when you sort of realise these are the things that you can achieve, um, you start thinking, well, what else didn't I know? that I could possibly achieve and all these doors and windows in your mind and your heart sort of start opening. But dreams of mine is definitely about wanting to follow those dreams but not knowing how to. Yeah, not knowing which door to open first and how to do it. Uh, So, Katie Cole, if you could make one dream come true this year, uh, what would it be? I don't know. Um. Well, I'd love to. I mean, I'd love to just be back in the studio and just making some more, some more music happen. It's it's hard when I I have big dreams and big goals, but the more you learn about what you do, um, you start to realize I know what it takes to achieve this goal and what it takes to achieve that goal. And yeah, although I'd love to be playing like stadiums like at Taylor Swift, I don't think my genre of music gets there. I don't think that's it's not logical because it doesn't happen, but I would love to eventually at one point in my career be playing like theatres that are sold out or to audiences in certain markets that, you know, I don't care if it's 500, 1,000 seater venues, but like I'd love to be, that's a, That's an ultimate goal for me um, down the line. But as for achieving something this year, I'd just like to be able to have enough time to get back in the studio and start making some new music happen. That's That's realistic. That's definitely realistic, but I, I think the second one's realistic too. I'll see you at Madison Square Garden, like next okay. year, right? I'll get you a ticket. <laughs> it's it's on. Up. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you, more tracks on the album, maybe Memphis, um, another journey song. Such a beautiful track, uh, and a mega emotional story in the lyrics. What inspired that one? It's it's funny when I wrote that song, I didn't. I didn't really see that it was going to end up in the place that it ended up. I wrote it as a little more mid-tempo, sort of strummy, sort of that sort of thing. But the story was pretty much exactly as I wrote it. But once I sort of started listening to 
some more sort of scale back songs by like folk artists like Lucinda Williams and Gillian Welch and um, Patty Griffin, I started to realise if we really make the the track, the musician part of the music really sparse, it will let the that narrative really come through in a much more intensified way. And once that sort of happened, it was like, oh, okay, this story, it's way more emotional. It's not just like, oh, you're listening to this story that's interesting. It's like, oh, okay, this is really difficult. I just, I wrote it from the perspective of, you know, what if the relationships you're in are sort of whether, you, I mean, whether it's a play on words with the places that I mentioned, because I mentioned being in this place and this city and this this area, rather than naming, you know, names of people in relationships to name the places that you're in, because that's how you associate a lot of things that you do in life. It's like, like for instance, sometimes you can hear a song and a memory will come back, or sometimes you can smell a fragrance and a memory will come back. But yeah. I thought, you know, that association, If what if you're in a place and a memory of this particular time in your life will come back and, you know, what if you are that person that just likes to literally move on when something difficult happens? But ultimately it's a it's a person wanting to really just find some right find the right person and find something, someone that's worthy of of them and um and knowing that this person's not good enough or this this is this relationship is too difficult. It's not, it's not the right thing. It's it's okay to say goodbye to that. Um I don't know, I just I just pictured, I mean, I've traveled so much across America. I've seen so much more of America than a lot of Americans have. I know yeah. that's strange for an Aussie, an Aussie chick to be saying that and to be like, I've seen more of your country, people. It's a really big country. Have. It's a lot to and see. And there's so many little microcultures that happen within each state and each city. And yeah. I, as a songwriter, I'm always thinking about, well, what, what goes on here? Whenever I land in a new city, I'm like, what happens here? And in Las <laughs> Vegas, it's, like, it's much like New York. It's like everything's happening here. I don't really know where to start but you know if I was thinking of more like rural territories and smaller you know smaller cities and you know I I like to sort of blend ideas together with like emotionally this is where I'm at and this is the story I want to tell and let's sort of let's blur them together so that a listener will will make their own sense of it Um, because I like the listener to make up their own mind about how they feel about the song too I don't want to be like this song is 100% about this and nothing else I want it to be like you hear the song and you also go, this is what I got out of this as well. It totally does that. It's certainly like I think there's a few different angles you can take from it. But I, I certainly personally take the, the you know, going from a different place to move on from a point in your life and, and just sort of always chasing the next place and, and moving on and seeing how it goes. It's a great track, but I definitely feel like there needs to be like a part two to this character in the next EP. Yeah. Well, she could we'll maybe see. come we'll to South End. Uh, as a new new place, maybe oceans and streams, <laughs> highways, and, <laughs> highways and lakes, <laughs> oceans, highways and lakes. Yeah, I like that one. That was, let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> Excellent. The EP is fabulous. Uh, there's some great lyrics in it too, and uh, I think one of my favourite lyrics really is um, the line um, in "Young and Stupid." Um, I want to know really how old you were, Katie Cole, when you found out that mixing red and white wine doesn't make rosé. <laughs> it's funny I, I wrote that line a number of years ago and I always remember interesting lines that I'll come up with and if they don't get used in a song 
whether it's in a song I'm writing for myself or writing in a co-write situation, I always remember things when I know that the, I know the thing I've written means so much more than what I'm actually saying. Like it's it's the yeah. perfect metaphor to say mixing these two things obviously doesn't create this thing that you think it does, but it's also it could be anything. You know, anything that you think mixing this and this together will make that. And it's I never have mixed red and white physically together because I'm just not that person. I, I do understand. <laughs> I'm not a winemaker, but I do understand that that's not how things go. Does not make a white <laughs> wine spritzer. Um, but I, I just love the visual of it. I love. I'm always. I, I'm always trying to put pictures and imagery into songs. Uh, I learned that a really long time ago from a songwriter that said, "Don't tell me the story. Show me." And I thought that was a really powerful, it's the simplest thing you can do in a song because when you show somebody an image of something, a listener will immediately put themselves, well, they're they're undertaking of what they think that thing means. If I said, for instance, so-and-so was wearing a flannel shirt, you'd be like, well, were they cold? You know, whereas if I just said it was cold outside, you'd be like, okay, but it doesn't (laughs) put you in- it doesn't put the physicality of the situation into your brain. Whereas when you get to step into the shoes of someone that's telling you a story, if you show them all the pictures around you in the room, you, you it, it's a better descriptor of the of the room rather than actually just saying, "Here's a room." I, I don't know. I just I just yeah. I'm always looking for those little interesting nuggets, and I think some of my favorite lyricists, whether it's Bowie or Bernie Taupin for Elton John, like they always use these really far out there. They use a lot of the really far out there sort of um, descriptors and analogies to describe their situations. And I, I use that a little bit sparingly. I like to be a little bit more literal in my lyrics, but but occasionally when you're throwing in a curveball like that, it's the perfect thing to say, you know, I don't know. It just, again, the listener will make sense of it. And I think that's that's powerful to give um a listener um i don't know you're giving them you're giving them the wheel to drive the car if you're going what do you think this is where do you think where do you think this is going you kind of hand out i guess this is the thing you you sort of give them the opportunity as you said earlier to sort of say see the yeah in their own way and i mean some songs are really literal and this is exactly what this is but other songs i'm just like you decide i want to be esoteric enough I want to be literal as in like here is my story and here are nuggets of here's a couple of nuggets of poetry and you make sense of that because I don't know what it means either. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded good. So you you Sounds digest. Good, exactly. <laughs> I, I always thought whenever I was doing English lessons at school, the uh, basically when you do poetry and, and you've got Shakespeare and all the rest of them, um, your English teacher tells you all about how much this he's done this because of this and this. I think, did he really? Or was really? he just like... Generations after me will be questioning themselves as to what on earth I was on about, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 great. I think um, there's something interesting within the w- within the written word. Sometimes you can read something off a page and be like, it makes complete sense, and then you'll say it out loud, and you're like, I don't know what that is. You try and repeat something, and people are like, I don't know what you're talking about, and you're like, but it looked good when it was written down, <laughs> but. <laughs> I don't know. Songwriting, <laughs> songwriting is there's no correct way to. I don't. I don't think there's a correct way to write a song. 
But I do know that it's a combination of telling a story, the emotion, and leaving a lot to the imagination of the listener too. Brilliant advice. Um, and I can give you some advice, not about songwriting, but I have mixed red and white wine and they do not make rosé. You are correct. Um, what, what did it make? Just made a terrible um, mess? Just lots of ill people. Um, yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> Perfect. Standard university <laughs> pie. Yeah. <laughs> um, lovely. The EP is fantastic, available wherever you get any music from. I saw a little post on social media the other day to say that you can uh, or soon will be able to get hold of if you can't already. Um, Vinyl, CDs, T-shirts, yes, and yes, candles. on my Bandcamp, yeah, on my Bandcamp website, which there are links to in all my socials and also on my main website too. There's vinyl, there's ten-inch vinyl, there's CDs, there's T-shirts. I've got a set of uh, guitar picks as well of oh, three cool. guitar picks that are it, Katie Cole um, guitar picks. Um, I don't know what they'll make you sound like if you use them to play an instrument, but. <laughs> um, I assume you just immediately sound like Jimmy Page. It'll be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in merch, I'll be able to get back onto sales. You can place your orders, but like I'll get back onto sales as soon as I get back in um, to Nashville to my home base after this tour finishes. But I'm excited to. I'm always excited to share stuff with people, and I I have realized over the years that people like a physical copy of something. Still, a yeah. lot of people do. Streaming and all that is great for convenience to listen to something, but having like that physical copy of something means means a lot to a lot of people. We recently acquired um, an old record player from a, a charity shop the other day, and I've just been absolutely loving listening to songs on vinyl. I, I missed that boat being yeah. a little bit too young to have it first time around, but it's, it does, it's so different and it's so special being able to put it on yeah, play it. I think it makes you listen to the actual full album. Like yeah. to sit, you sit down and actually listen to it. It's not just on in the background. You like you'll actively listen to it, which is I have so many memories of my mum doing that too. She used to before she converted everything to CD. She had a very very vast um, vinyl collection, and I'm, I've got a lot of memories of her putting on her records. And she had a seat right next to the record player, like the big set of Jensen speakers, oh, wow. vinyl, you know, big <laughs> big record player that had like the built in tape deck. The, before she converted everything over and she she would just sit next to the record player and listen to her album, just sit next to it. And I'd be like, like, I don't think I ever thought like, what are you, like, <laughs> who are you? But that's sort of, I learned to listen to an album, not just like a song. You'd listen to the album and like she'd physically mark her albums as well. Like I like this song and this song and this song. And she does that to my oh, albums wow. too. Like I give them, I give her a copy of like my EP and, like she likes maybe Memphis and she likes um, Young and Stupid. Those are the two that she likes. Those are the good ones, apparently. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Those didn't cross any out. That's fine. Um. No, but those are the ones that she'll deliberately <laughs> listen to. The Memphis one, she always says. The Memphis one. Oh, beautiful. What that. was it like for you listening to your your EP on vinyl for the first time? Oh, it, vinyl is, spe- I don't know, it's special to me. It's it. I don't know. It's always special. I mean, any any time you listen to, I think I got my biggest sort of like goosebumpies when I first listened to like just the copy on CD, just because I got those. I think I got those first, and it it just made it real. It, whenever you've got a physical copy of something, it's real. It's this thing, and yeah, I don't know. It was the same experience of when you hear something on the radio for the first time. You just like 
this is really happening now. It's not just this idea of this album. It's it's out there. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's always exciting. Fantastic. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for, for coming on for a chat with us. Uh, what we got to look forward to the rest of the year. I know you're touring with the Pumpkins now. You've mentioned going back into the studio. Um what what you got live dates coming in Nashville? Yeah, I've got some I'll have some live dates coming in Nashville once I get back. So I'm I'm thinking it'll be October, November, but hopefully I'll have I'll have another single out before the end of the year and um, possibly a Christmas song too. As Excellent. the as is the uh the usual for me. Uh, maybe I'll try and compile them into an EP. I've got enough songs for a, a Christmas EP for sure. Um, oh, wow. But hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get a few things out there before the end of the year, if time permits. But I'm I'm ex- I'm just excited. This has been such an amazing year so far. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Keep smashing it. I'm loving what you're doing this year. And um we will speak to you very soon. Katie, where can we? Keep in touch with you on social media and track you down. Um, well, almost everything is Katie Cole official, like for the for the social handles, except Twitter is Katie Cole Music, and my website is just katiecoleofficial.com. You can, if you find one, you'll generally find all the rest of them. So wherever you want to say hello, <laughs> feel free to send me a message and say hi, and I'll hopefully say hi back because it'll be me. And if it's if it's some imposter that's hacked my account, then they won't say hi. They'll just ask you for your credit card information. <laughs> but oh, um, yeah, it wasn't I'm, you. Damn, I'm all I'm on all the socials. So yeah, come say hi. Excellent, Katie. Enjoy the rest of the tour, um, and we'll see you soon. You're off down the uh, the Vegas Strip now. No, but I am going to see an art exhibit today, so I'm excited to oh, ex- nice. excited to see something outside of uh, outside of the casino environment. Yes. <laughs> Lovely. Enjoy. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. You've been listening to the Strictly Speaking podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find more at stuartpink.com. Plus, if you really want to be a darling, you could drop him a follow on social media. He's on all the platforms with the same username, at Stu Pink. Thanks for listening. Oh, and... Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks. Come back soon. I call my mom every day um, in Australia. She lives in a, a care facility and she had a nurse there that was in the room that was helping her do something. And my mom's on the phone to me and she's talking to the nurse and she's like, oh, I'm just talking to my daughter that's an American. You know, she plays with a band and I hear the nurse say, like, what band is it? And, and my mom's like, oh, they're Smashing Pumpkins. And, she, and I hear the nurse go, what, like a cover band? She goes, no, the real ones. And she goes, what? <laughs> like, so it's, it's a, it's a, I don't think my mum kind of, I mean, she does understand who I play with, but I don't think she, I don't think she gets like the scope of what I actually do kind of, for yeah. a career. But Just it's, that it's, little, it's little rock band. But, yeah. Yeah. But all the, all the nursing staff sort of get, I think they, it's, it's their generation, I think, because they're a little bit younger as well. They're like, what? Yeah. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a blast. This podcast was recorded and brought to you by Mungalow Fish. For more information on how Mungalow Fish can help empower you to make your creative dreams a reality, visit mungalowfish.com.